Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watching, 100% recaps. This week it is 200% recaps. My name is Joe. I use any and all pronouns. Uh, my name's Chris. I use he, him pronouns, and you beat me to it. I was going to ask you if the math changed this time. The math changes every time. This episode introduced us to my new favorite character in this show, the math puppy. Math puppy. The puppy that does math. We regret to inform you the puppy is racist. Aww. Why'd you have to do that? I, you know, it's just bound to happen. Uh, the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene where a puppy is. is it's, it's like a news article playing in the background, and it's so jarring because I'm so drawn to the subtitles describing math puppy, and yeah. it, all of its barking sounds are... Uh, translated as Juan as as the as the barking sound. So they're like, "What's what's three hundred twenty five minus three hundred twenty four? And then it barks and it says Juan. And it's like, "Hell yeah, math puppy!" But that's over like a very like sad moment. <laughs> the writers fucked up by introducing math puppy because now I'm like, I don't give a shit about anything else you're doing here. I just want to see math puppy. I am all about math puppy. That was that was a serious misstep on the on the part of the crew. Like you did something too good as a background gag, and now I don't care about the foreground. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, it is uh, it is of course my turn to recap today's episode, and I get to tell you for the first ten minutes. Just go listen to our first thirteen episodes. <laughs> I was I was distracted from one of the newer important scenes because I was writing down that I want someone to do an edit to match the style of this episode, but it's a recap of this podcast thus far. Oh, yeah. Like, when I announced that I'm going to stop complaining about doing the recap, they just go, bit destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it goes through 13 bits we have retired. Um, I don't <laughs> think we've had that many. But no. the first, like, it's not quite the whole first half, but it's like maybe 10, 11 minutes is the events of the last 13 episodes, but just pretty much the fights, like the action. It's all up, it's, it's a, it's framed as a report from Nerve, uh, and it's like... You know, the third angel attacks, Shinji agrees to pilot, and it happens. Um, pretty much the most detail, I think, is on that first fight. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if you remember from episode two, it goes berserk. Like, Shinji seems to lose, and then the, the robot does all the stuff. And then they pretty much just clip through the rest of it, introducing Rei and Asuka. And then it gets up to the, I think, 11th angel? which was last episode, which was the virus thing, where there is no actual report on it, and then we learn that this report is being given by, uh, by Gendo to the board of SEAL. This is the first time we've seen any of their faces. Well, well I, I guess we can talk about that more in depth. Uh, but then we go to the, the eye catch, and when we come back, it is I, the rest of the episode is, I, is new, where we're, they're running tests in Nerve to see if Shinji and Rei can switch EVA units. Um, they're calling it, I think, compatibility testing. Rei seems to be doing perfectly fine in, uh, in Unit 1. We, they also introduced this scene with a very uh, abstract existential monologue from Rei with some, um, I don't want to say random visuals, that reduces it, but abstract, I guess. Uh, and then we realize that she's in Unit 01, they're testing it, uh, Asuka's just in hers, they make a remark about how it wouldn't be compatible, and then Shinji tests with, in, in Unit 0, Ray's robot, Asuka makes a weird remark that we'll unpack, I'm sure, I heard you take notes, and, uh, then it doesn't really work, he gets, like, some more of those, 
like quick flashing abstract imagery of Ray, uh, and he says that something's trying to get into his brain. And then we cut to the robot Unit Zero going berserk, which we have seen before. Only this time, instead of punching Gindo behind the glass, it's punching Ray behind the glass. Uh, they successfully shut it down. I think it's Ritsuko. No, it's Masato who says something about like, is it going to try and absorb Shinji? Pretty much gloss over that. Then uh, they they stop it. Uh, Masato talks to Ritsuko about like, you know, getting everything back up to speed. Then uh, when Masato leaves, Ritsuko makes a remark to herself uh, about being pretty sure that the Unit Zero was trying to kill her. Uh, this is the most we've gotten, like, we get, like, one snippet of introspection from a lot of characters in this episode that intentionally knew, which, we because it happens with, um, I was surprised when Masato said out loud, is it trying to kill Ray? That seems, like, more heavy-handed than the show usually is. And then Ritsuko mm-hmm. saying, oh, it's coming for me. And then in the next scene, the last scene, uh, Fuyutsuki thinks to himself that Gendo is too worried about Ray. Um, that's, those are the three things I noticed that felt like more direct than this show often has or has been in the past 13 episodes. But the last scene is uh, Gendo talking about how everything is still on plan uh, or on schedule the way that Seal wants it to be. Fuyutsuki is, again, we don't really talk about him much. He's like right-hand man. He's tall. Uh, but he is, you know, worried about, you know, you know, doing things that they don't want to or being like trying to avoid things from them. Gendo's like, no, it's fine. We have uh, all the power in this situation. And yeah, he is check. He's like making sure that Ray's robot is uh, set back up the way it's supposed to be. And that, uh, that's testing is going well. Fuyutsuki is worried about his concern for Ray and then asks about a uh, asks about Project Adam and then uh, asks about the Lance of Longinus and Gendo says, yep, Ray's taking care of it. And we see a shot of Unit Zero walking with a big red Lance and we get to be continued, fly me to the moon, doing a little dance. Nice job. Thanks. So, I mean, do you, do you, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Do you have any thoughts about the framing of the recap? I do, actually. I, I heard you typing, and I was, I was almost surprised, because I do think it's neat, but I guess I didn't really have any revelations watching it. Other than, oh, they're not, like, they make one remark about, like, we're not talking about the victims of this. And then I was like, yeah, they're not yeah. really paying attention to, like, you know, our focus through a lot of it has been the trauma suffered of these children as a result. And that is, you know, intentionally probably not in this report. Like, it's coming from Nerve. Yeah, I made note of that line, too. The note was just, goddamn. <laughs> the, yeah. The suffering of the victims was not mentioned. It could fucking describe, like, world history. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, it's very, it says a lot with very little uh, in terms of, like, you know, big-scale operations and events like the ones depicted in this fictional setting. That's just a very evocative line. It makes you makes you think and feel things. Um, but it's interesting though because now that you because I was kind of stupid and maybe just not paying enough attention, not like stupid, but like I didn't actually pick up on the fact that like that recap was like an in kayfabe thing where like a character was delivering that information and like it makes sense in hindsight. With the second you said, it, I was like, oh, that that makes sense. But then also then that one line kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, there. That's the thing. There's like bits and pieces of it that. I have to, like, because there's a part where, from episode three or something, where we do hear Toji's audio of talking about someone, uh, like, oh, yeah, my sister was hurt, and it was by, you know, the Eva, not the angel. Um, and I was like, is that included in the report, or is that just, like, 
it, it, are we are we seeing something like we're we're seeing a, a clip show recap and then at the end we we cut to a gindo presenting a similar report not like a specific report i'd have to like actually like see a transcript of all of the like title cards that came up translated uh because yeah. I, I you know i don't exactly have them all jotted down and it could have been a translation thing where the phrasing of that doesn't make sense and the way that we're viewing it but maybe it actually does <laughs> it's, it's hard to say um but yeah there was a couple things where i was like oh like the framing of this is like it's kind of walking that line of being a recap thing but also it's very clearly written in like you know nerves language this is where all the names of the angels come from too i was wondering where exactly that happens because i've been saying them this whole podcast yeah and uh they are all here um where it says like the the fifth angel ramiel um and uh the rest of them that's the really the only angel i have strong feelings about <laughs> yeah the the whole thing is kind of muddy but in a way that's at least interesting and not just like that was just a poor job like it it the fact that i don't clearly understand what they're going for is making it kind of more fun to go back in my head and try to figure out okay like so what was that and what was that because like when it very first started play see ugh, i want to get caught in a rabbit hole talking about this but we can one of, the first I, one of the first things that i noticed that i really loved was the replaying of events with no music and minimal sound effects. Yes, it's very it's very quiet like it uh, the only thing that like I feel like if it just had the sound of a slide changing is like all it's missing to like to like really sell how it's trying to pretend it's supposed to be. So that's what I was going to say is like, it's like I loved I loved that effect just in general even when I didn't think it was attached to anything. And then when you said it's like a because then I was thinking like oh it's almost takes the events of the show that are usually accompanied with like music and all this like drama and whatever else and it makes it feel almost like documentarian and then so when you said it's like oh it's like a report like, oh that makes sense that I got that feeling from it but also so it's like that's kind of tying into itself but then we also talked about like you know several points of that that wouldn't be in the report because they have no possible way of knowing so then like so are they trying like, so that that the visuals can't then be trying to tie into that. It's a weird device. But... Well, it's also like, I'm trying to think of, um, and I, I feel like I've felt this way recently about a piece of media where they try and be like, oh yeah, like this is replaying, like a, a sequel where footage from the first movie is just playing as like news footage. And I'm like, well, it obviously wasn't f filmed that way if it was like news footage. And like little things yeah. like that. And like, I think... I, I, I can absolutely suspend my disbelief in this context and it's fine, <laughs> especially considering like, I don't know, this show already has like budget conversations that may come up at a later date. Uh, but the fact that they, yeah, they're not going to reanimate stuff from a different point of view is fine. Well, it's not that I mean it like that. What I mean is like... Oh, I know. I'm just comparing that. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, if you're going to argue that the reason that they did the thing that I liked of like the the no music and minimal sound effects is to create a feeling like it's like a divorced kind of dry version of what happened because of the mm -hmm. fact that it's being produced in a report, then you can't really make that claim when the next thing is like shots of like Toji and Shinji stuff. Cause that has nothing to do with whatever else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. well there is something about the, the tense he's speaking in. Um, cause this, I'm reading the synopsis on the Evangelion fandom wiki. And this is what I would have assumed as well. Um, is how it says, it says here, recorded statements by Masato and an excerpt from an essay by Toji are included. Um, and it's like, I don't know where that information came from. Maybe they are on a, like, like if that was just audio taken from like another episode or something, but, um, cause the thing is, wait, in that, in that sentence, he's 
he's talking about how he doesn't hasn't done it yet and then we see footage of him or not he hasn't he said he wants to pay that pilot like a piece of his mind and then we see a clip of him punching shinji and it's like yeah i don't think him punching shinji would actually be in the report like we wouldn't they wouldn't actually like gendo isn't like here is toji punching my son just because that's relevant. <laughs> he to actually this. would do that. Though. All, right, all right, maybe he might. But then, it's, <laughs> then, then we're then we're going down the like uh, an unfortunate like like it's there's there's no point in being so like ding cinemas and pedantic about like well they weren't filming in the high school for real like who gives a shit but because it's kind of just like it's it's like merging the recap episode with a plot reason to present that information in this way. And like I'm completely fine with the pastiche that we're getting. Yeah, we can move on from that part. The, the thing you brought up about Toji brings up one of the things that I want to talk about too. Is that I liked um, that over the recap we got um, new lines from, and I guess you just confirmed that it wasn't just this, but some of it I felt like was like bystander characters that weren't really like important. It was just like maybe like nerve employees and stuff like that. Like I. And even now that I know that, that, like, there were some characters whose voices I just didn't recognize and they were central characters, it was just cool to, like, include lines that could, like, recontextualize or look at things in a different light than we than we got to the first time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely, like, considering how this podcast has gone and we've been like, oh, yeah, I remember that, or, like, asked questions about things, like, now you get to look back at those events with, like, a little bit more understanding and context. Um, I think recap episodes are usually fine and good. I'm not. Some people skip them and hate them. Also, apparently, I'm just reading from the wiki again. It seems to imply that Misato's phrasing of the the fight from the first two episodes, it doesn't seem like she understands that Shinji didn't actually do the thing. Like, like we know it went berserk, but I guess her phrasing makes it seem like, sh- like Shinji did it anyway. Um, which I... That's interesting. Can't say I was paying enough attention to catch, but it says it there, so I'm bringing it up. Um, but yeah. yeah, then we get to uh, Gendo's conversation with the seal board. This is the first time we see their face. I do like the way that uh, they are th- the lighting is drawn on them where they're like completely cloaked in the the color of their like respective seat. So like the character design is completely like uh, shaded red or blue or whichever seat they're at. So that's just a neat visual choice. I think it helps Gendo stand out because he's just lit like normal i think these might be holograms that might also be why it's happening i don't remember we don't see them go away uh in in this clip but they are trying to grill gendo i think when it says like oh yeah there was rumors of an 11th angel but nothing actually happened is kind of when it starts to set in that this might be a nerve put together uh list of information i wonder if i wonder if it's trying to present it as the text is the report and they are combining the text of the report with footage like the show that we saw that's what i was gonna say earlier is like i i feel like i can sort it out to like parts of that are the report and parts of that are like are just for the viewer like yeah and they're not meant to be like connected in that way that's i mean that makes sense in my book yeah i was really distracted during the scene because i think you're right that they they made a lot of smart interesting cool visual choices with uh these characters uh i was really distracted though because during that whole conversation i just kept thinking like i want to live in a world where people dress this cool like looking at gendo and like the different people and they'd show them like spotlighted i was just like man like future outfits are always so dope like an anime this outfits are always so dope in like 2015 <laughs> uh, yeah this was the future yeah 
I mean, like, it's like what, like as of like this week, Blade Runner isn't the future anymore. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's very soon, if not yeah. But yes, no, but, not not to discredit your your sentiment about how, how cool fashion could be. Yeah, just just yeah, that's the thing I want to give the credit for is that like they the out the characters who do not dress like just like I am a person who goes to school, they have very the 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 costume design is awesome. Yeah, this is pretty much the. I mean, this is this is the first time we've seen anything of Seal. We still. This is maybe the first time we've figured out like anything about like their goals, but they're they're bossing around Gindo. Yeah, but it's clear that he's still like doing his own thing and subverting them, and they have kind of an antagonistic relationship, even if they work together, because they're like they said something about like hiding the truth is one of your specialties, and they don't believe his bullshit about how like nothing happened, and like yeah, yeah. and they're just like, well, we're not gonna deal with it now, I guess. Yeah, I didn't realize Gindo's just like, don't worry about it. Just when we call the next one the twelfth angel, don't worry about it. <laughs> I didn't realize until the recap said so that Shinji's first mission was Nerve's first mission. Um, yes, I do believe Nerve was built as a result of the second impact, uh, and this is the first actual thing they're handling. Don't quote me so on Ray, that. So Ray, so Ray, so Ray had never even fought an angel before. Like Shinji's the first one to fight an angel. Then, correct? yeah, I think she was injured in testing, if I remember. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they God, just does like. That make I her, guess this is. Does that make her first in the field mission? Fucking fighting Ramiel. I think so. I guess so. It's it's interesting that when you learn that because and I think it speaks to like the characters and I, I think this is intentional. Is that like when you're what when you're coming into that episode from Shinji's point of view, um, Nerve seems to have it together and be way more established than they actually are. Yeah. Like to me, it felt like this is a thing that's been going on and like. Here, come on, join this thing. It did not feel like we're just trying shit out for the first time, and here you go. Like th- th- that whole organization seemed to be I more think, of like a mainstay than it, I guess, is or was. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because there is that feeling there, but I feel like they the framing of it puts it on Shinji's shoulders because they're like, ah, oh, he can walk. Maybe we're not fucked. But like yeah. in reality, the situation is we had been training this one girl forever the angel came when she can't operate the thing. Um, let's call in our spare that we haven't trained until yeah. at all. Uh, and then, yeah. And then they, they, when they freak out about like, Hey, maybe this is, maybe there's a single percentage of success. Um, it, fe- it, it feels more like it's because Shinji is untrained rather than they haven't hands on done this before. Like we see how old, yeah. like we saw in the flashback, how old Masato was during the second impact. Like she's never seen an angel until now, uh, or well, right. as as an adult anyway. So I think, yeah, I think that perspective is something valuable that comes with this clip show. Yeah, it's interesting that it, that it kind of reframes the whole thing of uh, it, it. It's almost like Joe the typical thing of when you grow up and you realize the adults don't have it together like you thought they did. But like honestly though, like it's like at the time you're you're like. You're so sharing Shinji's perspective, mm-hmm. but then now at this point in the show, when you've learned more about the other characters and the world and stuff, you can be like, "Oh, like God, that was really just a like thrown together like gl- like Elmer's glue operation <laughs> that Shinji saved at the last second. He didn't even save it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yes, he was in the robot when it happened to all work out. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of it's. <laughs> Don't even bother rewatching the show, guys. We got it. We're just going to build it into the experience <laughs> yeah. to, to give you that perspective going forward. Yeah. And I like that the whole episode isn't that. They, I do like 
regardless of um how cohesively the recap works as a report i do like that they immediately contextualize characters talking about the previous events like it's not just hey remember this stuff that happened you know last year the viewer it's here's a quick recap of those things before people are discussing all of it in context with what's going forward um so that's neat yeah i i think just in general between what i thought was like a pretty classy execution of the of the recap itself and what you just said, I feel like this is the best recap episode I've ever seen. Like, this is like the, if you're going to do a recap episode, this is like one of the best ways you could do that. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of recap episodes uh, of one piece because it's been going so long. They've had to do it like six times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, who's Luffy again? No. Yeah. Where does he come from? How did he become robber? What's the deal with the hat? What's that? That's a long story. story there. That's a, oh, the, I, mean, the, it, I was that was joking. Well, I mean, Shanks gives it to him, but uh, maybe sh- maybe someone else had it before Shanks. Who could say? <laughs> Hermione's cat gives him the hat anyway. Yeah. So the one thing from the recap, I will say that they, I'm going to relitigate something from the past just in terms of watching it in this uh-huh, new uh-huh. version. It's not a real podcast unless we relitigate 2016. It's only fair. <laughs> the thing. The, the angel, like, blowing up from being kicked feels kind of stupid about the whole sequence and music to go along with. Like, in the moment, it's the most fuck-yeah thing ever because it's like, they're dancing and there's music mm-hmm. and they practice for this all episode and they kick it and it just dies. And it's like, it's awesome. But, like, watching it in this clip show, I was like, that's kind of dumb, all, actually. All of this emotional build-up to, like, yeah, a minute choreography sequence that ends with an explosion and, like, a gunbuster-ass uh, comparison of the two characters. But, yeah, when you're just like, yeah, they yell, they kick, it explodes. It's just like, okay, huh. Yeah, yeah when, you, when you watch like that, you start actually, like, questioning. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Like, you could just you could just kick it and it detonates? Like, that doesn't make any sense. They just had to kick them both at the same time. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny how, how, like, how a choice like that can drastically change your impression of it. Because, like, it was always stupid, but when you had the music and the rest of the episodes, like, it was awesome stupid. Like, I didn't even think about it. You get invested in it. it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, silly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And this, I mean, this show isn't usually silly, so it's kind of weird that that episode stands out so well uh, in yeah, that sequence. it's great. Yeah. They should be silly more often. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't actually mean that sincerely, but I will say that some of my favorite things in this show have been things that were relatively silly honestly same it's just hard to grapple with that alongside where the show goes and where it ends up yeah which, which really you can't is just... be doing math puppy in episode 26 uh, yeah exactly those things are good um it's just like as of circumstance like even before that like the show was dark like it, it's yeah. it, it's that almost feels like a pickup moment but it isn't like that episode deals with like asuka's trauma and why she's so insecure about these things but what you remember is the cool dance sequence, so. For sure. And speaking of things you remember, the, the Ray scene, where there's a bunch of her in a row, I see you, Ryan Johnson. You uh-huh. watch this shit, and you're like, her name's Ray, her name's Ray. Just put a bunch of copies of him in a line. Yeah. Has anyone pointed that out before? Am I late to that? Uh, I think so. I know I've thought about it a lot since rem- remembering that image existed. But I, I, saw, I saw this recently with uh, Diavolo in part five of JoJo has a scene where like it's he's duplicated down a line like that visually and something else. But now I don't remember. I don't know if I saw it juxtaposed to Last Jedi. 
I just think it's particularly notable because they're both they're named both Ray. named Ray. Like, yeah, yeah. Ryan Johnson, known Evangelion Stan, I'm sure. Yeah, known hack Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking excited for Knives Out. I can't even. I am as well. Contain it. Yeah. Ugh. I can't wait to see what else he copies and pastes from this anime into that one. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the multiple arrays, uh, are you, do you want to talk about her? This describes it as her poem, because um, she's just like talking about things. She's talking about like existence where things came from while we see pictures of like water people's pe- <laughs> people she knows uh it's just it's just like a, an abstract like depiction of her processing information in existence and in a way that is very in character for her but how do you how do you, how do you feel how did you feel about it before you knew it was happening and then maybe how you feel about it thinking back on knowing what's happening i didn't care for that scene I honestly felt like all that, like... I, you know what? I was like, watching dialogue. it, and I was watching it, and I was thinking, Chris didn't like the lighthouse. He ain't gonna like this fucking scene. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, that all felt like bullshit to me. Not all of it. I, should, I shouldn't say all of it. But a lot of it, I was like, I don't... Even Ray, who's, like, this like, mysterious, like, weird character who's, like, molded by, like, weird trauma that we don't fully understand yet, I mm-hmm. still didn't buy that she thought like that. That those thoughts really existed in her brain. I, I was completely like, She's still a do. person. <laughs> Granted, this All is this, my rewatch, but it, I completely do. It felt like I'm gonna write a character who's like heady and philosophical. I didn't buy that a real person was thinking those things. I mean, she says some shit, didn't she? Say like the fucking light in the darkness about existence right after Ramiel. Yeah, yeah, but for some reason that felt better to me than this. This this felt inorganic. That felt like it's I, I I don't know. That worked for me in a way that this didn't. I mean, this is a hard cut um from like nothing to just her talking about this over this. And, you know, I feel like realizing, oh, she's synchronizing with the Eva and then like when we see Shinji do it, he gets all of these flashes of her. He just we don't get like his thought process over it. We just get him being like, is that is this supposed to be Ray? Like, it's not connecting with him. I think that's her trying to connect with Unit 01. Whether or not it, like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, it's, it is out of nowhere. For, for me, I do think it lands in context and also just, like, with Ray. If it feels forced for you, like, that's valid. I mean, yeah, I guess the thing is, like, in, in the other, because there is, I, I, I'm not saying that I can't buy that a character in fiction has weird philosophical thoughts. Because, like, like I said in the other episode, it's like, yeah, this, it's weird, and, like, a normal person in real life probably wouldn't say that, but I can buy that this one, like, does Ray is not a normal person, nor in real life. That's what I'm saying, so, like, I can buy it to some extent, but this felt writerly to me. This mm. felt like a, a person writing a script trying to, like, to f- force something through in a way that that other line, I could, I could buy that this fictional character, that was a real honest thought and opinion that she was, like, voicing whereas this felt like i'm going to show off and do a poem in this where it's like who am i why do i exist and whatever like it just i didn't buy it hey everybody it's me joe i'm just checking in with you the listener um i'm a little worried chris might not like evangelion (laughs) (laughs) i do i love Evangelion. i'm talking about the rest of it (laughs) oh Okay, well, <laughs> I hope I, I hope that I, uh, I, I, I don't, to. I don't, I think you will like a lot of it. I think there will be things yeah. that you, uh, rightfully complain about, as I do. Um, but just in terms of just like, I don't know. I guess I won't like try to 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 show its hand before you get there. 
I'm just yeah. I was more just making a joke for the people who have seen the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, and and I think when we get to the things that I am thinking of, and assumably people who are listening to this and have seen it before know what I'm referring to. Actually, there's kind of two things I'm referring to over over the course of a couple episodes. But I think considering the joke, I, I don't know. Maybe this is like the the setting up, like preparing for. Maybe things are just gonna get weird <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And and weird's fine. And I should say, too, because I implied it earlier, but I want to, like, reiterate that it was not, like, every single thing in that sequence rubbed me the wrong way. There were certain lines where she was talking about certain people and and, and things where it, like, it did work, but then it would come in and out. Mm-hmm. Like, then, then other lines would be like, all right, I don't, yeah, this is kind of not for me. Yeah, and, and, and again, I am coming at this with, like, a lot of context about things we will learn about Ray in the next, you know, 12 episodes. Yeah. I'll also say that for a sequence that's like, here's the abstract visual stuff, I feel like they could have done cooler abstract visual stuff. It's really just the line of rays in this one. Um, The one where Shinji gets all the thoughts is much more aggressive, which I think that's the point. I do think they're supposed to contrast each other in like a a slow plotting thing as opposed to here's a bunch of red, here's a bunch of ray, shit, fuck, goddamn. Like, I I do think those are supposed to be opposites. Obviously, you're not going to know that when you're in the first one as it's happening and, it, and that's the plotting slow one. But just that's that's my that's my analysis of it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that. I like that take on it. But I, I guess I'm saying I'm not talking about like the pace necessarily, but just like the, just actual, the actual things visuals. that we're seeing. Like there are there are like more beautiful and interesting shots of like water and other things, even in other episodes where like robots happen. Absolutely. Like if you're going to do it. A sequence where like it's like it's kind of like this ethereal like thoughtful thing of water like make that shit fucking shine you know what I mean like it, it just kind of like a, a boring visual set piece to me yeah that's absolutely fair and I think I think I agree with you I can't remember anything that really stood out to me as exactly spectacular yeah. it's it's the, the only thing that stood out was like the Ray all in the line thing yeah. and I was that was mostly because of a Star Wars joke to me at least but I think it's a, I think it's a really stark visual even if I couldn't think of three other things that did it. Yeah, I think it probably works better if you watch this in whatever year it actually came out than now. Because now there's other things that make you, 19, that it makes you think 1996, of. 1996, like, January yeah, 3rd. Yeah, I, I bet in 1996 that blew some eight-year-old's mind. It's like, whoa, there's more of her. You know what I mean? Like, I hope there isn't like... an eight-year-old watching this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is like 16 and up in my book. Yeah, yeah. Unit, unit zero headbutting the wall when it's going berserk and like trying to get to or it's at ray oh yeah super yeah really really was and and yet again uh pin tweet of review of this show that the combination of the the animation style and the sound design really really sold it like the way yeah. it's like hitting its head into the wall and it's that's like the got only, that like, really um, satisfying crunch like yeah that's the only score in this episode too is that uh that, oh, that music so actually good. i think i think it's so i think good. there's two pieces but they're both in that moment because i think music first comes in when shinji starts getting the flashes of ray i could be wrong there yep. might have been something over ray's poem that i missed but that's when i first noticed i was like oh yeah i know these piano hits and then it shifts into the really like frantic shit um when when it goes berserk yeah that sequence is yeah. as effective as that shit always is um there was there was a couple things added into it that made it a little bit more tense. It wasn't just we see it again. It was like, is Shinji going to get absorbed? And like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's good. I think Ray not moving away from the window is good. Yep, yep. 
and there's a lot of good shots of earlier. of Masato but, in this in in that office, and I don't really know how to describe it other than like the way they frame her and her eyes looking like over her shoulder, just like I'm like, yeah, that's Masato, and that is the position she is in. It's just good. I didn't even notice those, but yeah, that's cool. And they're not like they're not like spec like revolutionary. They're just like I'm just like, yep, yep, that is that tells me all I need to know about Masato right now. Media is fun, Joe. You ever like having a podcast where different people notice different things, and then you get to think about things you didn't notice the first time? Yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I do like that we do this. It's. In, I just. I just think this is so stupid and masturbatory. But I just like. I like that. Like different. Like different. It's so obvious. I'm an idiot for even saying this, but fuck it. <laughs> I like that. Like people can watch the same thing, and like it tells you a little bit about them, like what they noticed about the art. Mm-hmm. Like it just. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done with that. I'm done being pretentious now. Don't unsubscribe, please. <laughs> we're just. We're all. We're all good friends here. I'm just feeling appreciative of 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 life. Yeah, I know. That's good. These are these are good things. <laughs> Ray carrying out an operation for Gendo, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly, is interesting. Mm-hmm. And that plus the final shot of her walking down that dark hallway in the Ava is a really strong cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely like, oh shit, what is gonna happen? Do you have any thoughts about Asuka not being compatible or just like her small inclusion in this scene? Um, I mean, it didn't surprise me in any way. Because the show has always felt like it's building towards something between Shinji and Rei, and also sure with has. Asuka's whole, like, cocky upstart attitude anyway, you just get the impression that if there's some sort of, like, psychological match that has to happen, it's never gonna be with her. You know what I mean? Like That's fair. Yeah, there's, um, I do like how quickly they fucking turn that around, too, where it's like, why am I not included in this test? And Masato's like, you don't want to pilot any other Eva, do you? And she's like, well, fuck no, I don't! God, I'm so cool <laughs> yeah, in this one! Yeah. Yep. It's just like, I love how quickly Masato can diffuse that. She knew exactly how to handle the, the teenager she works with. Yeah, absolutely. Truly an inspiration yeah. to people <laughs> like myself. Masato, Masato would never have gotten her eyes scratched out today because she deprived a kid of watching Elmo like I Jesus. did. Now she knows better. Yeah, Asuka makes some weird remark about how Shinji feels in the, in the entry plug. That's weird. Yeah, and it's funny because you thought I was making a note about that. I was writing something else down. But once you noticed that you thought I had a thought, then I did have a thought. How did you the... notice that I noticed? Because you said so during this episode. Oh, you mean you wrote it down while I was recapping? No. <laughs> I'm saying, I, I didn't write this one down. This one's just in my... All right, here. Let me, let me recap this thing that happened on Please, our recap I'm podcast lost. recap episode. <laughs> okay. So you noted during the your recap, you said there's a line here and I heard you writing, so whatever. I had not been writing about that, but when you said that, then that gave me a thought about that scene that I then stored in my brain for this moment right now. Okay, so you didn't write it down, you just stored it. What no. is the thought you stored? Yes. The thought I stored is that unless I'm forgetting something, this weird offhand remark from Asuka might be the first time Shinji's mother is mentioned. Even in this abstract, weird, like, jokey sense. I, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I recall any other um, mention of Shinji's mom. I don't think I do either. And that that makes it interesting, whereas the first time I watched it, I was like, well, that's just stupid. I'm not paying attention to that. But then, like, in hindsight with that, I was like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Also, for context, because we haven't said the line yet, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, when, like, I love As- that you have to say it. Uh, yeah, I'll, do, I'll take the bullet for you. Shinji, like, Shinji's, like, getting, like, attack, like synchronized with Unit Zero. Uh, and Asuka, like, over the fucking megaphone, uh, says, like, so what's it feel like, like a mother's breast, like, uh, being in the womb, and they just tell her to shut up because it will 
you know, interrupt him. But I'm just like, interesting choices for her to, to quip. Is that what it feels like for her when she synchronizes with her Eva? What, why, why, were, why, uh, why, why were those the words chosen to ask him what it feels like? But yeah, I, I can't think of another time Shinji's mom has been mentioned in the past 13 episodes. Yeah, my read of it initially, why I just like blew it off is like, yeah, this is stupid shit, whatever. Like she's yeah. being a dick. It's, it's, it's a, it's a character scene. for her, but like it, it's really the only thing in this episode that you know was that way. Like we do, we have built up an immunity to that stuff at this point, but that's like the only thing in this episode. So I think that's why I grappled with it. Well, I don't even count it in terms of that. The line I'd count for that is when she says, like, uh, he talks about it smells like Ray, and she's like, what a pervert. Or whatever. Yeah, like, I, I, I found like that, that interesting because Ray says that Unit 1 smells like Akari, which yes, when it first happened, I was like, does she mean Gendo or Shinji? And then I was like, it's probably, it's gotta be Shinji. I took it to mean Gendo really? at first. I, I Now I can see that it might be different. because I did um, until I realized... Like, I didn't clock at first that she was in Unit 1. I thought they were just doing a normal test with, with her Eva. When I realized it was 1, I was like, oh, she probably meant Shinji. And then again, yeah. when Shinji's like, this smells like Rei, I was like, yeah, that's probably meant to be a pairing. And then, you know, Asuka shouting at him for being a pervert for that when, you know, obviously it doesn't really rub as a big deal that Rei said it. I don't know what that's supposed to say or if it's trying to, but it happens. Yeah, my read on that was that maybe Asuka is, like, jealous of something in that situation. She usually is jealous of something in situations. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I read that as a kid trying to be like, like, fuck you, you're, like, a creep, because I, I, I guess, I don't know, I wish that you thought something, you, like, you knew what I smelled like or something, you know what I mean? Like, like she, she basically, yeah, I like, I, it, it felt like, I don't necessarily think this is the case, but at least in that moment, it felt like a thing where like, she wanted that attention from that Shinji was giving to Rei. She wanted that for herself, and so she was, like, making it shitty. Yeah, she, I mean, she has that teenager thing of wanting attention and also not wanting attention. Actually, I don't think she yeah. really has the second part of that very much. I think it's just certain, like, because she likes attention, but she will reject it from, like, Toji and, and Kinsuke, and I probably, I don't think we've ever seen Shinji show her that attention. That I can think of. Except when she's like asleep. Yeah. That one scene. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I can get back to what I was saying then. Because I, because I, I, the reason I was just like, all right, I understand the purpose of this line. I can just be done with it. When she's talking about like, oh, does it feel like your mom's whatever? Like, because yeah. it felt like she was calling him a baby. Because those are both things that evoke like. Infantilization. You know, infancy. Sure. Yeah. And so I thought she was just being like, oh, like a little baby Shinji, whatever. But then now that I'm thinking, I, I think that still is what the point of the line from like her like character's position was but now i'm starting to think that there might be more to it in that like in the show's usage of it like to like maybe imply something that actually has been missing from shinji's life like that or or what evas feel like in in the entry plug or both yeah yeah or both who could say yeah it's 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 more interesting than i first gave her credit for yeah yeah, I felt like that line was doing a lot with very little, uh, while also being completely in character for her to say something dumb like that. Yeah. And now we've talked about it. Uh, what, is there anything else, really, to dig into? Like, do you, I feel like you, you already mentioned the, the ending shot. The, the wiki here mentions that Seal mentions the Dead Sea Scrolls as a guide for their scenario they want Gendo to set up. I don't oh, yeah. know if that matters, but I figure I should mention it, since I didn't in the recap. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. 
Someone in the Discord will send a blacked out message about that that I won't read. Sure. Yeah. The uh, I think the only other thing I wanted to say was just that uh, more Masato next time. I'm excited. Yeah, you seemed upset about it, actually. <laughs> well, I was, but I'm still excited. You're excited about Masato. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I I tend to get the most excited about when they tease Masato episodes, and I don't know why that is. Uh, she's the most fully fleshed out character at this point, probably, in my opinion. Yeah. I like her, and I, I feel like maybe it's that I know they're going to do something interesting with it because she's not a giant robot character, so when it's an episode focused on her, like, something maybe unexpected is going to be happening. Yeah, um, yeah, the... And I'm, just, the, I'm the, just invested and interested in her. There was something jarring about her upbeat talking about the next episode when the visuals seemed very dour. <laughs> um, obviously that's the point, but it it, it worked. Well, it wasn't her talking about it this time, right? Because it was in the third person. It was like Masato. I thought is, it was still uh, her under... voice. I could be wrong. Uh, well, because they were talking, like, the actual, like, the text was uh, in the third person because it's like Masato is feeling pressure because other friends are getting married. Is the thing with Kaji her only shot? And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> uh... Yes, I do still. I, I thought it was her voice, even if it was in third person. I could be wrong. It might be. I, I yeah. Who could say? It sounded like the regular voice that does the endings. Which is. Her? Which is her, so. I don't remember if she mentioned yeah. fan service. I don't think so. Not this time. Next time's like anti-fan service because fucking she's going to be hanging out with Kaji. Yeah, the opposite of fan service. Yeah. Well, um, I think, is this the first episode? I think this is the first episode written exclusively by Ano. That's interesting. Yeah, considering we called out a few things that were different. But uh, yeah, next time we, we really swing into the second half of this show. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as I physically could be. <laughs> that's the show um yeah i'm proud of us we started this very sleepy and then we, we got there yeah yeah we, we we got ourselves into the pod on into the pod space the pod mode um which will be a similar thing we have to do uh next weekend at extra life this is me swinging into the plugs with beauty and grace um extra life is a 24-hour stream to raise money for charity specifically uh children's miracle network hospitals and we're gonna do that the orange groves as a network a lot of hosts will be in my home playing video games for 24 hours uh chris and i will be playing the nintendo 64 neon genesis game for a little bit um seeing what we could figure out of it um and there's a bunch of other stuff on the schedule if you go to twitch.tv slash the orange groves you can uh, scroll down and look at that schedule you can hit that follow button um, we're also selling some cute shirts, and all the proceeds of those will be going uh, to the charity as well. Just because people have already uh, got some and asked, uh, those will be getting made after the event. But yeah, you can you can go ahead and grab them now. You can follow. You can donate now. Uh, it's great. Yes, I think that's it. Yeah, go look at the schedule. Smash that follow, and then smash that donate uh, for the kids. Um, but anyways, Chris, now that I've done all the extra life plugging, where could people find you on the internet? They can find me at Topher Disgrace, where I do all sorts of podcasts and other media things. I'm going to be selfless, though, this time, and I'm not going to plug one of my shows. No, no, no. Oh, shit. I'm going to plug my friend's show that I've been on, like, twice, so it's still kind of plugging my stuff, but but also... Only listen to the Chris episodes. <laughs> 
Uh, I feel like those are the ones that would appeal most to this audience because uh, we talked about Brock Hinman's Ginger and we talked about albums of NSYNC uh, versus an album of the Backstreet Boys. For some reason, I feel like there might be some interest from people listening to this on that. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a podcast called Musicology that is happening over on my, uh, my other podcast network, Alien Happy Hour, hosted by my good pal Ben Schwinn. And it's a really, really good podcast about, about music where they're taking an album every week and uh, breaking it down and talking about it. And uh, I really enjoy it, and I think it's quality stuff. So, uh, so yeah, go uh, listen to Musicology. Hello, Internet. Welcome to Chris's Commercial Corner, where I tell you things I should have told you when I first recorded Nervous Rex this week. In addition to the Orange Groves Extra Life stream, I'm doing another 24-hour gaming stream for the University of Iowa Children's Hospital with my friends over at Alien Happy Hour on November 9th. That's this Saturday. Isn't that dope? We're going to be starting at 5 or 6 a.m. Central Time! The date I just told you, and you can find links to watch and support the stream at Alien Happy Hour on Twitter. Thanks. Neat. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J. Oh, I make a bunch of podcasts. I would say if you if you haven't checked out uh, Bed Bath & B, the podcast formerly known as Bed Bath & Bionicle and Bed Bath & Beyblade and Bed Bath & Batman and Bed Bath & uh, Battletoads, Bed Bath & The Bouncer, Bed Bath & Brady Bunch, and soon, temporarily, Bed Bath & Boruto. Uh, it is a long story, but if you listen to that and you pop into the Orange Groves Discord server, you can probably try and figure out what's going on, but there's a big episode coming soon whenever I can finish it, and it's exciting and it's cool. Um, that's my plug for this episode. Uh, you can tweet about this show on Twitter with hashtag NervousRexPod. Tell us your takes. You can also join the Orange Groves Discord server and talk about this show in there. Give us your takes. Use those spoiler tags liberally. Um, and I think, I can't think of what else to plug. I'm gonna, just going to say the words extra life again. Twitch.tv <laughs> slash the Orange Groves. Uh, Orange Groves Net on Twitter is also a great place to, to stay updated. Um, if it's still going, I think it is. Vote for Argonauts uh, in shit. What is it? I got to pull up Twitter to see what it's actually called. Vote for Argonauts in your local election. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, if you go to uh, Discover Pods, Discover underscore Pods on Twitter, uh, they have uh, some some awards for for various different uh, podded casts. But Argonauts are our fellow friends on the Orange Cubs Network. Were uh, they're the finalists for most innovative podcast, and um, you know I think they should win. I want to be able to say that Argonauts won an award over 99% invisible. <laughs> and that's rad as shit. <laughs> that'd, be so, that'd be so good. So definitely go check that out. Um, I don't know how long it's, it's running, but, you know, go check in. If it's still going, do it, do it, do it again. It's also awards.discoverpods.com forward slash finalists will also take you to it. I think innovative is the second or third question. But yeah, that's all the plugs that I got in my head. Um, so I will, I will bid you adieu with the promise of potential fan service in the future. I promise that I will never date Kaji, even if no one else will marry me and all my friends are getting married before me. Shout out to you, Chris. You're a real one. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.